Consistent self-improvement, everybody. You are now listening to American Gypsy Podcast. I am your host, Classic, and I'm here with my co-host, Gypsy. And today we have Tim Doyle. He is an ordained metaphysical minister, a Reiki master, a certified Kundalini yoga instructor, Tantra master, and author of three books based on the teaching of the Golden Ones. It's great to have you here, Tim. Welcome. Oh, thank you. I appreciate this opportunity to share the teachings of the Golden Ones with you all. Thank you. It's a pleasure having you. So I'd like to start by asking, can you tell us a little bit? We know that, um, well, for our listeners, we're in Los Angeles and Tim is in China. And we'd like a little bit about how you ended up in China and where you're from. Well, um, I have a very close relationship with my spiritual teachers, uh, the Golden Ones. They are the Earth is a spiritual training school, and the Golden Ones are the co-creator gods who are the administrators of the spiritual training school. And so many years ago, roughly, oof, maybe 35, 40 years ago, they start training me without me knowing I was being trained. And um, I always had this connection in my mind of hearing, I won't say hearing voices, we all have voices in our minds, but these voices were more, more direct, more uh, inf informational. Um, and so like when I was 12 years old and I was afraid of the dark going to bed, I would hear in my mind, just think of something positive and um, that would be your focus. And then it, your, your conscious mind can only hold one thought at a time. And if you're thinking of something positive, you won't be thinking about anything negative. And so it's just like thoughts like that. There were teachings that were coming to me in, at an early age. And then um, I started to be led to certain books to read and events and, and uh, desire my life to become closer to God. Um, so that's when I became an ordained minister and then a Reiki master and then eventually um, went on to become a Kundalini yoga instructor. And it was, uh, they just guided me to do things. Like I came home one night and uh, from work and they said, take a trip uh, and visit a shaman. So I got on the internet and um, I scheduled a trip to go to Peru, visit the shamans, not knowing what was going to happen, mm. not knowing when I got there, I was going to drink the ayahuasca, uh, <laughs> which was a surprise when I got there. But my teachers knew that. And uh, that's sort of like they tell me what to do. So after writing two books in 2014, based on their teachings, um, they told me to sell everything that I had and uh, moved to China. So I had a beautiful home with many beautiful artifacts in it and uh, a car. So I sold everything and um, packed up two suitcases and moved to China. I always trust, when they tell me to do something, I always trust that whatever happens, I'm supposed to do it and they'll guide, guard, direct and protect me in my journey. So in May of uh, 2014, I came to China thinking I was going to write my third book uh, based on the teachings of the Golden Ones, the advanced version. And uh, 
So I came to China in 2014 and I'm here ever since. And what I do in China, uh, I don't do yoga. <laughs> I, I, uh, um, I'm married in China. I have a, a beautiful wife that is, uh, a, I'll explain a little bit later, she's a goddess because all women are goddesses. They just don't realize they're goddesses. Yes. And, um, and so I have a beautiful wife that supports my work. But my work in China is I, uh, because I speak English, the Chinese people want their children to speak English. So I was like, begged to teach English to their children. Well, I'm not an English teacher. Uh, I wasn't an English teacher. I think I'm an English teacher now because I have all these tools in the pronunciation of English. So I teach English to children, uh, Chinese children, one-on-one on -on um, English, uh, speaking and pronouncing English. And uh, I do it one-on-one, ages five through 15. just to, not because I have to financially, but just because I guess I enjoy teaching the children. So I'm in, I'm in China. For whatever reason, my teachers want me to be here. I did write the third book. And I do have a website, www.thepathtooneness.com. And all the products on the website are free. Um, and there's many products there. The books are free. The teachings are free. The meditations are free. Uh, all the guidance there is free. Um, just my, my mission, <clears throat> I guess my mission is to spread the teachings of the golden ones, which basically assist each person in, in developing their spiritual connection with God. All right. Um, I guess you're hopefully you're aware of the Mayan calendar of 21 December uh, 2012. It was supposed to be the end of everyone thought the end of the world, but it was the end of the Mayan calendar uh, for one phase of the calendar. But what happened then is our solar system ended its journey around the galactic center, which was a journey of 25,920 years. And so when that happened, our solar system, as well as Earth, in this training school, moved into the Golden Age. Once we moved into the Golden Age, there's no reason to die anymore. You don't have to die. Death is a concept that we believe in. And as you know, if you believe in something, you'll manifest it. So what, uh, what, uh, what I found my teachings doing now is there's four phases to prevent death. One is, of course, keeping the body healthy, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you keep your body free from dis-ease? Well, it's very simple. There's a, uh, your body is, is set up into a acidic and an alkaline environment. And if your body goes into acidic environment, That's where diseases come into the body. So if you keep your body in an alkaline environment, uh, which is roughly, I think it's like 7.2, 7.3 ratio between acidic and alkalinity, uh, you'll never get ill. You won't get sick. So, and if you feel something's coming on, 
there's a formula to raise the alkalinity in your body, which is very simple, baking soda and lemon juice. If you take that, if you feel a cold coming on and you feel like you're not feeling well, all you do is drink a half a squeezed lemon and a teaspoon of baking soda and 10 ounces of water. It'll immediately raise the alkalinity in your body and you won't get ill. So there's pH strips. You can get at the pharmaceutical store that will um, tell you what your alkalinity is. And if, as long as you keep your alkalinity up, no diseases, no viruses, no colds, no cancer, no tumors can, can manifest in the body. So that's one thing you do is you have to keep the body healthy. Next thing you have to do is remove, well, you have to clean up your light body, which is fears. You have to get rid of fears, which is very simple to do. Fears, unhealthy feelings uh, towards yourself and towards others, just eliminate them from your consciousness. And that's very easy to do. If you want to know how to do that, we can talk about that. Yeah, and then you want to know how to do third, that. <laughs> so yeah, we definitely well, if you keep your if you keep your your body healthy and then you free up the um, the negativity in your uh, um, well, what they are, it's gonna this is gonna sound strange to you. No, it's not. But <laughs> fears are fears are parasites. Fears are parasites. See, when you come in, when you're created in the image and likeness of God, God doesn't have fears. God doesn't have unhealthy feelings or anything like that. So you have to, you have to train your mind to um, be disciplined in your thinking. And what happens is, is through our incarnations from lifetime to lifetimes, we, we, we accumulate fears, uh, and we can talk about that, uh, how they get into our subconscious mind and how they get onto our light body and, it's, and how to get rid of them. And you can get rid of them as easy as removing a bad picture from your phone. You know, when you go to your phone, you take a bad picture, you just delete it. You can do the same thing with fears. This is not taught. Um, so if either one of you have a fear, that you want to get rid of immediately. Um, <clears throat> we can do a demonstration uh, on that if you want to. If not, you can go to my website and there's a, um, on the homepage, there's a, uh, a little video, two minute video that'll explain how to do that. So you need to take, keep your body healthy, clean your light body, and then protect you from uh, negative energies. And the teachers have given us a call to prayer protection that once you say this prayer, uh, no negative energy can attach to your body. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we can talk about that too, how um, negative energy about the, how this training school was set up to have purposely have uh, negative energy here because to be a to become a co-creator God, you have to become, you have to overcome all obstacles uh, in, your, in your thinking. And then the last thing you have to do is attune to the uh, frequency, the God frequency in your mind. Um, in our mind, we can, we can entertain, 
We can think about flowers, colors, animals, uh, food, vegetables, any, any frequency. There's a thousand frequencies that can go through your mind that you can just attune to. But there's one frequency. It's the God frequency. And when you attune to the God frequency in your mind, I call it the God frequency. I don't know what else to call it. It's um, you're always in tune. You, you're, God is always talking to every soul in every moment, but we're not listening. So there's a, there's a program. Uh, I had to go through this program back in 83 when I was uh, studying to become an ordained metaphysical minister. I had to go through this 28-day program to become conscious of um, every thought in my mind. And when I did so, if there was a negative thought or a negative feeling, I had to just remove it from my light body. And it's like riding a bicycle. Once you, after this 28-day program, once you attune to this God frequency, you're always listening. And you always hear things like, if you say, boy, where did I place my keys? <laughs> and it's a rhetorical question you talk to yourself with. You'll hear the answer in your mind, like, you put the keys over there and I go, oh, my God. Yeah, I remember I put the keys over there. They're always talking to you. They're always helping you. So it's a process of disciplining your thinking and listening. And you can watch a football game and listen to be tuned to the God frequency at the same time so that you think, well, that's not possible. But it is extremely possible. So we're in the uh, golden age. There's no reason uh, about death. And um, if you want to discuss in detail anything, we can do that. Now, all my teachings, all the teachings that come to me, I had to experience them. I can't just say, oh, I wrote this. And this is what they told me. No, I had to, I had to live everything that uh, is written in the book and even... Um, UFOs, astral travel, uh, out-of-body travel. Uh, I call them trapped souls, trapped souls that attach to you. Um, I don't know, a ghost. People think about ghosts, and ghosts are just trapped souls on Earth, and they're trapped, and uh, they'll attach to you um, either to live as a parasite on your emotions or for you to assist them in uh, moving to the next level of spiritual development. So anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You want to start with anything? Um, <clears throat> I guess, can you start with I guess, why we are here in art school and about reincarnation? Yes. You're here for your love of God through, through, we all come from uh, different parts of the star nations. Now, if you think about it, on Earth, Earth is, I think they say Earth is about 4 billion, almost 4 billion years old. Where did the elephants come from? Where did the giraffes come from? We don't, we don't question where the animals come from. The animals were bought, brought here by different um, uh, aliens from different uh, uh, star systems. Mm. Uh, they set yeah. up this training school so that we could experience everything in creation. Uh, and we do this because we're here to learn wisdom. We come here, before we came here, we never had a conscious mind. 
we we like the animals and the plants and the insects and the other kingdoms um we 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 operated out of the heart of god we were guided by the heart of god out of love just like the animals it's not instinct it's the the heart of god that guides the all the other kingdoms so before coming to earth we were guided also but we evolved in our own personal star nation star system as being um i would say the elite you cannot come here unless you evolve to be the elite of where you come from the top of the i won't say the food chain the top of the um whatever intellectual or spiritual development where you came from whatever star nation it was and so when we come here and we volunteer to come here to serve god out of the love for god we want to show our appreciation and become a, a co-creator god now co-creator gods what do they do well in our current universe that we are aware of there's billions and billions of galaxies. All these galaxies have billions and billions of stars within the galaxies. Like our Milky Way galaxy, just one galaxy out of maybe three or 400 billion galaxies has billions of stars or suns and each star has planets. Well, they need co-creator gods to rule to govern these planets, like the the the, um, the golden ones, our administrators ministers of this planet, this training school, they need co-creator gods throughout the universe to assist in the the governing of star nations. And so we're here to study out of our love for God to serve God. We're studying to become co-creator God so that we can serve God in in the oneness of creation. We're here. So before we came here, we didn't have a conscious mind. <clears throat> so we, excuse me. <clears throat> so we're here to learn how to use the conscious mind. And the conscious mind is how we create, just like God. So we're learning here to become a co-creator God, to use the conscious mind in the creation process in creating our needs. So we're here to basically learn to correctly use the conscious mind in, in our creations. Um, we know that we can use our conscious mind to uh, develop, uh, to satisfy our sexual or sensual feelings, um, to indulge in and food and, and other pleasures uh, and activities that are not good for us. Um, and so we're learning to discipline how we use the conscious mind and, um, and becoming a co-creator God. Uh, God doesn't have any fears. God doesn't have any unhealthy feelings towards self or to others. So we need to discipline ourselves and sort of like migrate into that consciousness of understanding who we are, what our purpose is here, and uh, start working towards disciplining our thinking. So that is why we, uh, the main reason why we're here. Okay. Um, earlier, you mentioned that God is always 
speaking to us, but we don't listen. What are some things people can do to um, deepen the connection so they can listen? Better? Okay. On my website, I have a program called the Ascension Master Program. It's a 28-day program. That It's a very simple program. Uh, the program is designed to remind you who you are, but the, the only... The only physical requirement is you put a ring on your finger. And every time you, your attention is brought to that ring, you stop and you ask yourself, what am I thinking? Because we think a thousand thoughts all the time. And sometimes the thoughts just go whizzing by us. We may think, what's that guy doing over there? Why is that person doing this? Why is that lady walking funny like that? Who's yelling at the, we have these random thoughts that really are unnecessary with the judgmental thoughts. So the program is to discipline our thinking. Why are we thinking this? And if the thought is not loving, uplifting, or healthy, get it out of your mind. Take it off. And there's a program. Um, I didn't have this tool back in 1983 when I went through the program. I had to use willpower to overcome these thoughts um, and these unhealthy feelings. And then in 2012, I was, I was given this, uh, this tool to remove fears from your, from your body, fears and unhealthy thoughts instantaneously, like deleting a picture off your phone. Very simple to delete a picture off your phone, isn't it? You yeah. just look at the phone, yeah. you hit delete, and it's gone. Same thing can be done to feelings, um, to fears and unhealthy feelings that you are, um, that haunt you. These, these feelings are parasites um, and they're living off of you. And the intention of these fears is to prevent you from becoming a co-creator God. When the conscious mind can only hold one thought at a time. So if you're thinking about um, you're ready to create something, a new business, but then you have this fear of, boy, what if I'm not successful? What if I don't make enough money? What if people don't like me? What if I hurt someone's feelings? You have these feelings holding back your creativity. And that's the purpose of these, uh, these parasitical fear, fears is to hold you back from becoming a a highly developed spiritual um, productive individual. So, um, God, I get off the track. So what was your question? <laughs> uh, I guess I was asking, yeah. how do we deepen the connection? Um, yeah. With God or yeah. Higher and so what it is, is you, 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 this 28 day program, you're constantly, you don't constantly look at it. Uh, when you, when you, if your attention uh, is brought to the ring, you look at it and you go, what am I thinking about? And if it's an unhealthy feeling or thought, you get rid of it. And you're always supposed to be in a, a loving, uplifting, positive mode of mind. And you just start conditioning your thinking to be this type of individual. How does the, um, well, the de developing of, you know, spiritual consciousness work when we're born to, you know, as we grow and how does, you know, the, our parent, the parenting kind of 
has a play in enforcing a, f- a thought of fear as a child or as we grow? Okay. When we first come here and we were first learning to, yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with the Bible. Yes. Adam and Eve. Okay. The so when they got kicked out of paradise, what was their first thought? They were naked, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So that was an indication they had a conscious mind. Before that, they were still naked, but it didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't an awareness or a discernment in their mind. So when we come here for the first time and we receive a conscious mind, we have no recollection of what happened to us previously. So we're in this survival mode. We don't have any any wisdom that we developed, any any the conscious mind is the purpose of the conscious mind is to verify truth. What's true? If something is true, then it goes into our subconscious mind. Two plus two is four. Goes into our subconscious mind. Two plus five is twelve. No, so we don't we don't file that. So the only thing that goes into our subconscious mind is something that we believe is to be a truth. And sometimes we put a truth in our subconscious mind that's not true. Like that we used to be taught that the earth was the center of the universe. And if you didn't believe this, it was a mortal sin by the Catholic Church back in the 1800s. And people would, would... have this fear of a sin on their soul and they would die and wouldn't go to heaven. And um, so they, they had to believe this was a truth, which now we know it's not a truth. So there's many things we're taught that is true. That's not true. All right. Right. Um, We have to review it. So the conscious mind, you can fool the conscious mind and, and to believe in something is true when it's really not true. So we have fears that we have that we have to remove that are not true we can talk about that but when we first come here we're in survival mode and so it's like a a a consciousness of me 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 i need to i need to eat i need to satisfy this feeling uh we don't have any any we haven't developed any any basis to believe that um um there's God or there's a right or a wrong or cause and effect or any of the universal laws. It's through our first stages of coming here that through um, our actions, do we learn about cause and effect, do unto others what's done unto you and so forth. So we don't have the basis. So what we're basically, there's three stages of, of soul development. And the first stage is ego. Me, me, me. You know, we abuse others. Um, We want power. We want greed. We want to be famous. We want to be recognized. Um, We want the best at the expense of others. We don't care. We don't care. It's like, it's me. And we can see that, well, not pointing any fingers in the world, but we can see out there that there's many souls that are in this early stage of soul development where they have no regard to anybody else, just themselves at other people's expense. And then as the soul starts evolving, 
and karma comes in where they know when they when some they slap someone someone slaps them back almost immediately um then they come to realize that there's karma cause and effect so then they start thinking about and slowly they develop into a a spiritual man sort of consciousness and they start taking care of responsibilities for family self others community they become aware that uh, there's more to life than just me 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 and love is love starts their soul is opening up to the vibration of love and feeling good and getting that good feeling from helping others instead of that feeling of taking advantage of others so now their soul is opening up to the vibration of love and appreciation and then then the soul starts vibrating into a higher frequency and they come into the co-creator god frequency where they're ready to accept the possibility that they're co-creator gods they know that they're creating they can create they know that uh that they can influence others by love and so forth so they develop this consciousness already of being loving uh uh appreciation consideration helping others and so forth and so it's just um evolves into more of a love the person develops more of a spiritual love not only for life but for themselves okay you said that was uh ego getting rid of that ego yeah yeah that's and you know that's this that is as far as one of the parts of developing yeah or developing. yeah that is there that is that is one of the major parts of development but see in this spiritual training school and we tell you that there's um parasites that will try to keep you from developing um spiritually um the fears and so forth but you know archangel lucifer um the devil he is working for god okay Arch he's an archangel and he's programmed to stop us to tempt us from uh, in any way he can from making sure that we when we evolve into a co-creator god and we're ready to ascend and graduate from this earth training school that we passed all his tests so um lucifer even though um he'll tempt you with all these other things no one can force you to do anything it, it's your choice whether you abuse someone else or whether you take drugs or whether you want power or whether you want to have sexual satisfaction no one's got a gun to your head it's your choice right. uh, sometimes people put a gun to your head but most of the times it's your choice whether you what action you take and so Lucifer's uh, role is to make sure that we have evolved beyond temptations and pleasing the the flesh, basically the flesh, because we're ready to go into another. Um, when we go to the ascension program, we move out of the body into a spiritual body, more of a, ooh, it's like ice going into water. You move from one dimension of ice into another dimension 
more lucid like water before you move to the steam. So uh, that's the purpose of Lucifer in this training class. Okay. Speaking of leaving the body, um, when did you first experience uh, astral, astral traveling? Well, there's a difference between astral travel and um, an out-of-body experience. When I first started to meditate uh, back in 1972, I didn't know anything about chakras or energy body. I just knew that um, I wanted to meditate. I I had a spiritual reading with with this uh, spiritual teacher lady, and she gave me a reading. And when she got done with the reading, and she told me everything about my life, I, I mean, it's like I was crying. And uh, she says, you can ask me one question and, um, you know, about a car, a house, anything in your life. And I says, how do you do what you do? And she says, you just meditate. She says, if you meditate, you can do what I do. So I went home that day and I started to meditate. And when I first, and I didn't know how to meditate or anything like that. So when I first started to meditate, um, I just, I sort of, I was guided in my meditations. I would, I, the first thing I was doing, I was seeing all these negative thoughts, all these sexual uh, thoughts of Jesus on the cross naked. And, and uh, my teachers told me, just endure it, just endure it, just go through it, just go through it. So I just sat there and uh, watched all these negative uh, thoughts and what I was doing is I didn't know I was doing I was releasing all the negativity in my thought process. Mm-hmm. So once that happened, um, I start experiencing colors in my meditations, uh, beautiful colors, colors that you couldn't see on earth, beautiful beautiful blues and greens and purples. And little by little, I didn't realize I was opening up my chakras, my root chakras. Uh, then I would have, um, I don't know if you're aware of chakras. Yes. yes. Are you aware? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I went from my root chakra to my second chakra, which was your your um, your sensual, sensual uh, feelings. And I'd be sitting there in meditation. I started having these sensual feelings and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, what's this? I'm, I'm not thinking of anything sexual. Why am I getting these feelings in my body? <laughs> and I, I just thought my teacher said, just endure it, just go through it. And I didn't, I didn't even know what a chakra was. I didn't know that was my second chakra. Uh, and then a little later, I started getting pulsations in my solar plex area, which is your third chakra. And so I start thinking, at first I thought it was my heart. Then I says, no, it's below my heart. And it'll be this pulsation, pulsating, pulsating, pulsating. And it's almost like uh, if I looked at my body, my body would be going as if I had something inside my body um, projecting out from my my solar plex area. So that went on for a little while. And then uh, what a migrated into when it got up to my heart chakra there was an energy that came up through my left hand and um now i learned to say the prayer of protection a prayer i wanted something when i went into meditation that i knew that i would be safe in meditation 
that there would be no negative forces coming in, affecting me and so forth. So I was given the prayer of protection. And when I say this prayer, I know that whatever happens to me is um, divine guidance. So I said, so whenever these things were happening to me, I just knew that, okay, this is part of my development and just to relax and enjoy it, not enjoy it, but just be aware of it and see what happens, Um, but enjoy it. And so all of a sudden there's a, an energy force coming through the palm of my left hand, moving up my arm. Now, I've got this pulsation in my solar plex and this energy moving up my arm. And then I start to hear this, this roar in my right ear, like a um, tornado or a train roaring. And so the energy is moving up my arm. I've got this noise in my ear. I've got the pulsation in my solar plex. And now I start taking on a rhythmic breathing with out my control, I'm just sitting there observing everything and I start breathing on. <laughs> I go into this breath and I'm just observing what's happening. The, the energy hit the cavity of my body. And when it hit the cavity of my body with the breathing, the pulsation in my solar plex area, and then the, the train whistle or the roar of the train or the tornado in my ear, all of a sudden in my mind's eye, uh, my, you know, you, you meditate with your eyes closed. Right. In my mind, I was a brilliant, brilliant white light. It's like white phosphorus. That's the, you know, I say white phosphorus because that's the brightest thing I've I've witnessed in my whole life when I was in the service was white phosphorus, brilliant white light. And so it was so bright. My eyes are still closed. And I start trying to get this light out of my mind. It's so brilliantly bright. And all of a sudden, I start spiraling out of my body. And I spiraled out, <clears throat> left my body. And at the time, I was in Southern Maryland. And I was uh, living on the Chesapeake Bay. And I, I was over the Chesapeake Bay. And I'm thinking, okay, what do I... The first thought that came to my mind when I left my body was I'm consciousness. All I am is consciousness. Mm. And so then I didn't know where I was going or anything like that. So um, I just sent out a thought to my teacher saying, please return me to my body. Well, as soon as I finished the thought, I started despiraling back into my body. So that was an out of body experience. Mm. I haven't had one since then. Now, when I was in Peru, and in Peru, you drink a um, you drink a shaman drink called the ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Ayahuasca will when you drink the ayahuasca. Um, each time you go to Peru, I went to Peru five times, and each time you go to Peru, you drink the ayahuasca four times in, in a ten day period, and then there's another drink you drink called the wachumi, which is another. I think it's a cactus drink. I'm not too sure. Uh, but it's it's a, a shaman drink, and um, I was uh, I spent an additional twenty days in Peru to travel the spiritual um, sites in Peru, and during that twenty days, we were drinking this uh, wachumi, which opens up your 
feeling body so that you you feel more sensations to people, to nature and things like that. Well, I was in this, I, I think it was Shaveen, the spiritual city of Shaveen. And I got up one night and we, we drank Wachumi that day. And uh, I got up at 11.20 to go to the bathroom. And uh, I came back and laid down. As soon as I laid down, I got up out of my, my astral body, got up out of my physical body. And I start walking away, touching things on the table saying, I'm actually out of my body. Mm-hmm. I, took, I took five steps and I was in another world. I was in another world where I met this lady. This lady came and greeted me. And uh, I can't remember her name, but she did tell me her name. And she greeted me and um, two other ladies came up and all three of them said, we knew you were going to come before the end of the month. Well, this was January 24th of, I think, 2004. And uh, I thought, okay. So they start walking me around and showing me things of, they were dressed, they were dressed like the 1890s. Um, clothes, the clothes, and there was some man on stage preaching to the people. And there was another man there that said that he was in communications with the ants and the ants were telling him to do something. And I'm just observing all this, like how strange it was. Um, And they told me that the place was where the sun shines before the dawn. That was the name of the place where we were at. So then they start taking me around. Now, as they start taking me around and explaining things to me, um, I started to lose consciousness of what they were saying, but I was still aware of what was being said. I even saw, um, it was kind of funny because the my wife that was in bed next to me, I saw her on this world which I thought was kind of strange that here she is on earth and now she's in this world too, which kind of meant that are we multidimensional? I don't know. So they told me that uh, I should be eating the diet of fish and bananas, which uh, I didn't know what it was. They said she should be eating fish and bananas. And I thought, okay. Uh, They told me a few things about my personal life. And then we start walking, and as we walk, strange things were happening, and I was losing focus. Next thing I knew, I was back in my bed. And so as soon as I came back in my bed, my wife then, who is pretty, she's pretty intuitive, she says, you're back. I says, yeah. I says, how do you know I left? She says, I knew you left. I says, okay. Um, I mean, I just came back in my body. My body was already already there, but she knew I wasn't in my body. So the next day I had, uh, I was at breakfast with my, uh, the shaman uh, who was an American from Tennessee and he, he moved to Peru to study, he was a botanist and he moved to Peru to study the, the bugs, the flowers. And then he got into shamanisms and, and the drink and the ayahuasca. Yeah, why ayahuasca is based on plant medicine and roots and so forth. 
and his name was Howard, and we became great friends. And I said, Howard, I, I sort of went out of my body last night, and I took this trip, and I said, they told me to eat bananas and fish. And he looked at me, and he says, bananas and fish is the ayahuasca diet. And I guess what that was is there was a, a, a message into him that I actually took the journey because I didn't know bananas and fish was the ayahuasca diet. And I think that was probably just a message from that world to me to let me know that I was actually there for confirmation and it wasn't just, you know, some far-fetched thing and so forth. But that's the only time I had an out-of-body experience and an astral travel. And I think I had to experience it as part of my training um, to share the teachings of the Golden Ones and and what is um, what their teachings are and so forth. Yeah. I hear the, um, the whole ayahuasca experience can be kind of rough. What are some of the tips you can give to people that are looking to travel to Peru to have? She's been to Peru actually before. Yeah, I went, um, did the four-day trek to Machu Picchu in uh, 2010. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I stayed at Machu Picchu. I went to Machu Picchu three times. Oh, wow. I went to Egypt back in 1990. And I had a chance to spend the night in the pyramid for $500. And I wanted to, but I didn't want it to. I was a little concerned about spending the night alone in the pyramid because I heard some things about the pyramid. So when I got to Machu Picchu for my second or third time, it was my second time, um, I spent the night there. At five o'clock, they move you all out and say, okay, the park's closing. Um, because during the daytime, the temperature is about 90 degrees. At nighttime, it's freezing. So um, I decided to stay behind and and observe what went on in Machu Picchu um, after dark. And I wasn't the only one. There's probably a few other people that spent the night too, but I didn't stay with them initially. Got so cold, I had to find a place to spend the night. And when I spent, I found this place, um, Around 11 o'clock at night, I had a, not a vision, it was like a hologram. Um, all the planets have a symbol for the planets. And what I saw at 11 o'clock was this hologram. It was like, I'd say maybe six feet tall and, and maybe three feet wide, maybe six feet wide. It was like a perfect circle. And they had a cross in the middle of it. And I didn't know what it was. And it was a white. And you could see through it. What I later found out was that that is the symbol for Earth, a circle and a cross in it. And I thought, I, I didn't realize that that was it until I went to the Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. And I saw the symbol for the Earth. And I got, ah, that's what it was. So I don't know if that was, there's supposed to be like, UFO sightings at Machu Picchu at nighttime. So I didn't know if that was like a a a marker to say this this is where you land or anything like that. But I thought that was kind of usual. But Machu Picchu, beautiful place, beautiful yeah. place. 
Yeah. I didn't know you can spend the night there. <laughs> you can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't. You can. <clears throat> it, it was so cold there. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was so cold there. Uh, I met up with about five or six other people, and they were freezing. And so there's a there's a shrine to, I guess, the Mother God, uh, a cave-like area that is like protected you can't go into. And so I says, all right, let's go into the cave and let's stay warm. And they said, oh, no, we can't go in there. Uh, it would be uh, the Blessed Mother wouldn't like that. I says, listen, the Blessed Mother would like her children to be warm. Let's go in there and cuddle up and stay warm, which we did. We did that until for a couple of hours until we heard the guards come at sunrise um, with their whistles or something. And then we, we got out of the, the cave there because it, it wasn't, you weren't supposed to be in there with the, uh, I don't know, what did they call it, the altar of the Blessed Mother or something like that. But I thought it was okay to go in there and to stay warm. So um, ayahuasca. The ayahuasca is the most spiritual thing I have ever happened to me. And <clears throat> many teachings in the ayahuasca. Um, in fact, most of the, the teachings from the golden ones came through the drinking of the ayahuasca. Um, a lot of things were explained. Um, for example, like I mentioned about your light body. I had a, one vision uh, in 2003, Tara, would you plug in my computer on my battery's running low, please? We're still here. Okay. Uh, my, my, okay. Thank you. Um, Actually, so we're going to do the same. <clears throat> All right. Good call. <laughs> I forgot I unplugged my my computer. Yeah, we're just realizing ours is not plugged in and we have 10%, so it was a good call. <laughs> Synchronicity. Exactly. All right, we can continue. Okay, so in my one, what happens, uh, the ceremonies for the ayahuasca, they start at nighttime. They start between eight and nine o'clock. And in Peru, where I was at, they, the shamans, there's two shamans, they only take 16 people um, because that's all they could control. I won't say control, but basically had had control. Yeah, I'll say control. Yeah. And so you go up one at a, we, you, you get there and you make the ayahuasca. You go out with a shaman and he tells you what plants, what roots to get. You come back, you chop them up, and then he spends the, the day cooking it. And then a day later, you drink it. It is the most awful tasting thing you'd ever want to taste. It's like oily dirt and you can't sip it you gotta just they only give you maybe about that much but you just gotta the shaman will look at you and say uh give him that much or give him this much or give him that much 
and you just have to take it and just down it uh, like whiskey and don't even let it touch your taste bud if you can help it. Most awful tasting drink you ever wanted to taste. Well, once you drink it, you go up one by one and the ceremony starts about 8.30, 9 o'clock and you have to wear white. You're sitting in rocking chairs and with a, um, a bucket in front of you in case you get ill, which a lot of people do. Uh, and then you go up one by one, you take the drink, and then you go back and sit down. 20 minutes later, you can see the effects of the ayahuasca that's taken place in each person, the first person, the second person, third person. So you know that it's coming to you when, when the time comes. And uh, you start, you spiral. I won't, you do, you sort of like spiral spiral out in your mind. I won't say you leave your body, but your mind goes someplace and you start revisiting things in your past life. And usually it's a healing process. Like you're talking to your mom, you're with your mom. You don't know what you're saying, but you're like clearing up unfinished business and so forth. Well, after that is the dreadful part. Then you may experience some sensations in the body that aren't pleasant. A That's basically a healing process. And then maybe two, three hours later, um, when that process is over with, then you get visions. You get like teaching visions that enlighten you to what's going on in life. If you had any questions before you went to Peru, they answer your questions. Now, how they answer your questions is in your mind. Your mind lights up like a television set and they show you things like I'm looking at you right now and you're looking at me crystal clear in your mind of um, things they want to show you. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, <laughs> I don't know how they do it. It's almost like they got um, a movie camera and producers and events uh, creating this uh out of what, I don't know, but it's like crystal clear. That's where I found out the teachings that when I first got there, my first drink, and I had some questions about was earth a prison or was did we come to earth by a choice? And so what they showed me as I was sitting, I was sitting in front of the universe and all the stars were in front of me. And I'm sitting in this royal throne and I got a scepter in my left hand and I got this rod in my right hand. I'm dressed in royal garbs and a finger, the finger of God comes across. My vision points to little dim light in the corner and it's a choice, which meant that uh, I chose to come to earth. Uh, but it showed me that I could only come to earth because of the position I achieved and where I came from. So that's how I know that you have to evolve to the next level of, uh, of what's where you were in your star nation to, to come to earth. You just can't say, oh, I want to go to earth and train to be a, a co-creator God. No, you've got to achieve a high place of respect from where you came from. So that's that's what it that showed me. Um, yeah, that was part of the the first vision. But the ayahuasca. Then 
Later on, they showed me about the light body. And they showed me uh, a body, like a, a, an outline of a person, and it had all these beautiful golden filaments going through the body uh, to make up the outline of the body and rimmed in gold. And then there would be globs, globs of um, gummy substance on these filaments here, 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 and here. And these globs were fears. And the fears and these globs were preventing the light body from vibrating, like on a guitar. If you hit a guitar, and instead of being ding, it would be bong, and so forth. So that's why the fears have to come off your light body so that you resonate at a higher frequency and you vibrate. And when you vibrate at a higher frequency, you, you attract what it is you want to create in your life, your manifestations. So if you want to, if you want a business and your light body's clean and you've got a good vision and you're doing it for the right reason, the manifestations will come a lot quicker than someone that says, mm, I think I want to do this. I don't know if I'm good enough or something like that. That the, the universe knows that you're here training as co-creator gods. God doesn't fear or God doesn't doubt his creations. He says, let there be light. So when someone wants to manifest something and they have doubts or fears, the universe is not going to allow that manifestation to materialize unless there's a lesson to learn in the materialization of that, of that creation. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Universe, yeah. You work with it. Your conscious mind works with your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind works with universal mind, bringing in your manifestations. And if there's any doubt in your creation from the conscious mind to the subconscious mind, your creation isn't going to manifest, all right? Unless there's a karma lesson to learn through the manifestation, all right? So um, that, was, that was one of the major things I learned about the healing process and removing fears off the light body, which is a very simple process to do. Thank you for sharing that experience. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned about uh, spending the night in a pyramid, and that's, we've always wanted to go to Egypt. We haven't been yet. Um, we do a lot of research. Yeah. What is that like? And I've also read on your website that you've been visited by Thoth, and that's someone we, we've researched a lot. So I want to know a little bit more about that. Well, when I went to Peru, I went to Peru, and I'm sorry, the pyramids in 1990, um, Barbara Marciniak of the Palladians, I don't know if you know of Barbara Marciniak or not, no. but she's, uh, okay, she, she's a, um, a channel for the Palladians, and the Palladians are the Seventh Sister of Star Nation, um, and so she, uh, somehow I hooked up with her, I was doing meditation back in the 89 and 90s out of my home, and a group of my students uh, got into Barbara Mosiniak. And so they said, well, we're going to Egypt and so forth. And I said, oh, okay, all right. So for two weeks, we went to Egypt and we experienced, um, we experienced the pyramids. We got to go, uh, Barbara, Barbara Mosiniak had, had, back in those days, you could do things that you can't do now. We climbed the pyramids we actually climbed the pyramids 
At 3.30 in the morning, there's 33 of us. We climbed at 33 uh, at 3.30 in the morning, 33 of us climbed the pyramid and we meditated on the top of the, uh, the, piece, uh, the pyramid at five o'clock in the morning. Um, wow. It was just an experience. And then during the time there, we got us our own time in the pyramid to lay in the uh, cophagus in the queen's chapter, uh, uh, in the queen's room, chamber, the queen's chamber, uh, the king's chamber, and then the queen's chamber, and so forth. And uh, that was that was pretty interesting. And I've always read about things happening in the pyramids at nighttime, and I kind of wanted to do it. And I probably the five hundred dollars was just wasn't a big deal. I think it was. Actually, at the time, I was a little hesitant about doing that by myself in the pyramid and what might happen. Do I wish I did it? Yeah, I probably do wish I did it now. Um, but that was okay. Uh, the pyramids, very interesting. The How they were built and the size of the stones and how they fit together. Um, they would cut these big stones by the corner and, and nudge him in there. It was just just pretty interesting to see the construction of the pyramid and so forth. Uh, that was interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, and then what was the other thing that oh, I... Um, I was talking about, though, uh, when I was looking through your site, um, said you had several visitations, and um, one, of, one of them was, though, and... Um, that's someone that we're interested in. So I just wanted to know a little Thoth. bit Thought, yes. Thought. Well, what happened was in, um, I had, I told, told you about the, the vision of the light body during the ayahuasca where the light body had these glumps of, of uh, gummy substance on it. So I'm in a spiritual um conference in Sydney, Australia in 2012, January of 2012. And um, my wife at the time was doing the, um, the spiritual retreat there. And so Thoth came through, through her, and he explained, he gave us um, the prayer. It was the prayer to remove, hmm, he, he called it, I forget what he called it. He called it a healing prayer. And where you, you place your hands on your body, you say these words, and um, the fear is automatically comes off your body. I've done this around the world, and it happens instantaneously. It takes like 10 seconds to remove a fear. So I took the prayer, and I, I, I remembered what I learned um, from the light body, and that these these gummy substance were the fears on the light body. And I thought, wow, this is kind of interesting. And I took it back home and I started working with the energy of uh, what Thoth told us. In fact, what I did is I have the book, uh, The Emerald Tablets by Thoth. And if uh, I don't know if you've read that or not. Yeah, it's sort of like very difficult reading The Emerald Tablets. Yeah. And he talks about it. So when I pulled out the book, I start reading it. And he was explaining to me how what he was saying in the book, where I could understand how what he was saying. 
I thought, wow, this is kind of neat. Now, I'm in upstate New York by myself, and I'm reading his book, and I'm working with the energy of, uh, of what he, the healing process. And that's when the uh, Archerians um, mm -hmm. visited me, not in form, but in my consciousness to tell me that fears are parasites. Archerians are seventh dimension beings who, who are masters of emotions. Um, and what they were explaining to me is the, a fear is a parasite, emotional parasite, that is on your light body and it prevents you from excelling in who you are as a spiritual being and in your journey to become a co-creator God. And I thought, wow, this is kind of interesting because what it actually does is as a parasite, it interferes with your thinking. So in other words, it stops you from becoming, um, from vibrating in a higher frequency, from becoming who it is you're designed to become. All right, all fears do this. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, it's strange, it's not strange. We can talk about how you create a fear and how it gets onto your light body. So the Archerians were telling me about um, that they're emotional parasites and they will actually interfere with your thinking or take over your thinking. So in other words, if I'm working with someone and uh, I'll say, do you have any fears? And they'll say, uh, yeah, I'm afraid of heights. And I'll say, oh, would you like to get rid of it? And they'll say, no. No, no, I don't want to get rid of it. I says, why? They'll say, well, fears are good. Fears, you should have, you should, fears are good. It's good to have fears. It, it stops you from doing something crazy. And I thought, oh, okay. So I know that the parasite is, is interfering with the thinking of the individual when I talk to certain individuals like that. I, I, with my children, with my students here, the ones that are 12 and 13 and 14 years old, um, I'll talk to them and uh, I do astrology charts with them and I'll read them their astrology charts and I'll see that they have a, maybe they have uh, a lack of confidence and so forth or something. I'll, I'll look through and I'll see if they have anything that is uh, fearful or holds them back from developing who they are. Or I'll ask them, do you have any fears? And they'll usually, have, I have good conversations with my students. They open up to me. They'll say, yeah. And they'll tell me. And I'll say, would you like to get rid of it? They go, yeah. And I'll show them, gone. Instantaneously, they're removed. And so the student, I, I, it's good for me because I establish a rapport with them. And they trust me. And I want to help these kids out. Um, so... I know that there's people, I do have older people in my class that are afraid of snakes. And I'll say, do you want to get rid of it? And they'll go, no, no, I don't even want to think about the snake. Because they I don't want to okay. face that fear. <laughs> it's fear. It, it, it holds them in. They don't realize that they are, uh, they're here to become co-creator gods and the fact that they're a goddess in training or a god in training, a very difficult concept for some, well, for anybody to accept. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, when 
my work is to to enlighten people. If you don't want to understand what I'm saying or grasp it, like I'll tell you how to keep your body uh, healthy. If you want to get ill and you won't take the formula of bacon, soda, and lemon juice, I, you know, I can't, I can't do anything for you. I can tell you how to get rid of fears off your light body. Very simple process. Um, how to protect you from unhealthy entities that are roaming around. Um, there's at death. What happens at death is you have um, like three days to reconcile your death before you move on to the next level of uh, soul uh, development. Um, and death is like um, you want to migrate from a learning experience as a man, and now you want you need to change uh, change into a learning experience of a female gender, or you you need to you need a death now, and you're ready to experience the culture from from China to a culture in Mongolia. So death is used as a means of like changing your learning and your training here on Earth. Sometimes you have free will. So sometimes at a, a time of death, um, you can't reconcile moving on. You love your your spouse or your children so much that you miss the opportunity to move forward. But once you miss that opportunity, you are trapped here on Earth. You're you. Some people call it earthbound. I call it you're a trapped soul. All right. Mm. You then are here, and what you do is the soul does it migrates from from situations or it'll take house housing up in a, in a, I won't say a haunted house, but an old building that's their home and so forth. And that's where people say, oh, that building's haunted and, 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 and such and such. But it just means that there's a, a trapped soul there that uh, doesn't realize they're trapped. They have no concept of time. They don't know how long they've been there. Um, they're just there. Well, um, I didn't believe in this back in the 80s. I didn't believe, I told my teachers, I don't believe that an entity can attach to you and so forth. And so uh, I'm out walking one day. I used, to, I used to take walks at like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, pitch black in the country, and that would be my meditation walk. So one day I'm walking, and all of a sudden I get this strange feeling like someone is standing right behind me. Now, this is three o'clock in the morning, pitch black, no lights, and it's like I can hear anything. It's like, what? what I, who's behind me? And I turn around, no one's there. So I kind of just shrugged it off. I go home, and uh, I, I finish my day, and the next day um, I'm getting ready to go to bed, and, and my wife comes in, and she says, I think we have a situation. I says, what do you mean? She says, well, our youngest one, when he goes in the bathroom, when he looks in the mirror, he thinks he's going to see someone standing behind him. I went, oh, no. I says, okay, I know what happened. So I, I, bought, I brought this entity home in my house, mm. and now he's attached to my son. And this happens because this entity knew that I would help him move to the next level of uh, soul development. I didn't know it, but he knew it. 
So I get my son up in the, my, my green room, which was my meditation healing room. And uh, I sit him down and says, uh, and I says, I'm going to say this prayer. I don't know whether it's going to work or not, but I use it in my meditations. So let's just see what happens. So I said the prayer of protection. And when I got through, I, I didn't even ask him. He says, it's gone. I says, what do you mean it's gone? He says, well, when you were saying the prayer, I, so he says, I was getting dizzy and I, I could feel this thing moving up out of me, up out of my head going up. And I says, oh, okay. He says, can I go to bed now? I says, yeah, go to bed now. And so I was given this prayer protection that would assist souls to move to the next level of spiritual development. I have used that prayer. I use it every day here because people come in here, parents come in here they um, with their students and they bring entities in here. I know that. And I, I use it to clear my, my living space every day from um, entities. So it's a prayer protection, which is essential to keep negative energy off your light body. Um, even if you go out and you, and you may say, oh, this, you know, I don't believe in this and such and such. I'm telling you, even I know this happens. Uh, it fools me when they attach to me. I'm not, uh, I'm, I don't realize they attach to me because they just do. Uh, some of my students bring them in. They tell me that, you know, they have a feeling something's behind them or something's keeping them awake at night. I just do this prayer and um, they sleep fine. They don't have any problems anymore. So the prayer protection, very essential for your spiritual development. It's like keep your body healthy, clean your light body, protect you from any negative energy, and then in tune to the frequency in your mind. Those are the four essential steps for uh, the age of uh, um, the golden age and to avoid death. You don't have to die. You don't have to die. Can you enlighten us on, um, I'm sorry. Can you enlighten us on uh, your vi your view of dreams? Mm. Well, dreams, you know, um, angels, angels will, will, I haven't used them recently. Not why well, I should say I have used them recently. In the past, I haven't used them recently. Um, angels will assist you in your dreams by giving you numbers. Angels use numbers to communicate with you. Like last night, I haven't had a chance to look, but there was a, a number 10 in my dream. And it, it shows up with just a number. And it's like something said, I need 10 more colors of paint on this house. And then 10 more colors, 10 more colors. And I woke up and I go, 10. Okay, I have to look up the number 10. There's a website that uh, tells you if you have a number, what the angels are, their messages, the angels want to give you with that number. So recently, if I want something uh, to understand something, I'll ask the angels for a dream. <clears throat> and they'll give me a number in a dream. Other times I have dreams where um, I have visitations in my dreams. I haven't had visitations in my dreams in a long time, but what I have had 
is that your body is um, um, a physical computer. And periodically, my body will go through um, some sort of, I, I call it a software upgrade, where I feel during the sleep, I feel energy flowing through my body. And um, I just assume that it's a, a, a software upgrade in my body. Um, you get them in your meditations. If you meditate all the time, I used to get them in my meditations. But the time I meditate now is when I do my yoga in the morning. And I'm not sitting still, I'm moving around. So I, I don't get the, the software upgrades like I used to. So I get them in my sleep periodically, not too often though. Um, but dreams, dreams is a means of just assisting the consciousness to figure something out. Uh, a lot of times um, when my teachers want to get me up at a certain time, they'll give me a frustrating dream where I can't figure it out in my dream. It's mm -hmm. like, no, this, this isn't working. It's, uh, then I wake up and I go, okay, there's something I need to uh, I need to check my emails or check my mail or something like that. That's how they wake me up by giving me a, a frustrating dream where I can't figure something out or something like that. But yeah. usually, uh, in my past, I've had visitations in my dreams with um, I call them the Lords of Amente. Uh, the Lords of Amente are the inner Earth uh, teachers, and um, I have been, I've had ooh, maybe a half dozen visits from them where sometimes it's a voice and a message and sometimes it's a visitation. Um, but then they're like, it's beyond dreams. It's like, you know, you know, you actually had this, uh, this experience with these uh, entities. I mean, it's like watching TV, watching yourself on a TV screen, going through and doing something. And they give you a message, part of your training. I noticed um, you have crystals in your hand, and so do we. Uh, what are your views yeah. on um, crystals, and what are some of the crystals that you work with, even when you're doing Reiki? Well, when I was in, when I was in New Zealand, um, I was told that I was a member of the Galactic Council and the Galactic Council wanted to keep track of me. And so they told me to go out and find a stone. There was a stone out there that I was supposed to find. And based on that stone, once I got it, they could keep track of me. So this one, this stone is from New Zealand. And I kind of thought, well, this is kind of crazy. So I have this stone, I've always kept it with me. I got this stone back in mm, maybe 2010. And so one day I was playing with it and I'm saying, how do I know this stone really works? And, and so forth. And they said, go downstairs and the stone where it is, it's pointing due east. The point, the point that's on the stone is pointing due east. So I said, that's crazy. So I went downstairs and I, I put the compass on the stone and the point was pointing Dewey's. I said, okay, uh, they convinced me to, to hold on to the stone. The other stone is Multivite. It's a, a, it's a meteor stone. Yeah. And uh, 
it's it's just uh, for uh, uh, connections with the other realms of creation outside of the earth realm, multivite. Uh, so yeah, I it's, heard it's, multivite is pretty strong. Yeah. So and then you know I I have stones here on my fingers. Uh, two are rubies. If you have rubies, it means wealth. You'll have money. So I give, uh, sometimes I give gifts away of uh, ruby rings to people. Mm -hmm. So in, in case they have like a fear they're not going to have any money in the future, I'll say, oh, here's a ruby ring. With a ruby ring, you'll always have wealth. So it just kind of clears up their consciousness to thinking that uh, to eliminate that fear. And then jade in China, uh, green jade is a stone. Uh, and then a lapis, uh, lapis lazuli, it's a spiritual stone. I've always had lapis in my life. And uh, two, oh, tanzanite. Now, just uh, attracted to tanzanite. Uh, it's a deep blue stone and so forth. Yeah. So as much as possible, I, I, I attempt to bring, I've got mm, behind me, I have, I don't know if you can see all those all those globes of crystals behind yeah, me or not. Yeah, we can see but the I colors. Quite a few collections of globes and so forth. Um, crystals and such and such. Moonstones. Just, just, well, you know, if you, if in a computer, there's always a crystal in your computer for communications. They put gold in your computer because gold has no frequency resistance. In fact, in the spaceships, all the wiring in a spaceship is out of gold um, because gold has no frequency resistance as far as communications go. There's no loss of uh, frequency. So they put gold, uh, there's a little gold in the computer along with a crystal um, for communications. And in, a, in a, a laser, they use a ruby. So crystals are used in society um, to enhance communications, uh, health, and so forth. Uh, they don't, there's a lot of things they don't tell us. Like the pharmaceutical companies know that baking soda and lemon juice will eliminate all diseases in the body. Do they tell you that? No. Um, they want you to be sick. They don't care whether you're sick or not. They want to sell you something. Yeah. So yeah. you can stay healthy. I've been using the baking soda and lemon juice for four years now and not even a common cold. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Well, I, I just take it as a preventive medicine uh, before I go to bed. A drink of uh, lemon juice and baking soda just to keep the, the alkalinity in the body high. Uh, to ward off any diseases and so forth. So if coronavirus, cancer, brain tumors, get them out of your mind, drink, uh, check your alkalinity in your body, uh, your pH level. And pH means uh, potential hydrogen. Uh, water, H2O, is hydrogen. The, when you drink water, the hydrogen is converted to an alkalinity. So if you drink plenty of water, it helps to keep your alkalinity in the body up and, and water does a lot of other miraculous things in the body. 
But yeah. water is very good for the body, and it helps with the alkalinity. And if you feel something's coming on, baking soda and lemon juice, 10 ounces of water, it will pick you right up. All right? Yeah. Thank you. For that. We like um, apple cider vinegar as well, apple cider vinegar and lemon. That's kind of been one of the things. But thank you for sharing the uh, Lemon is better than apple cider vinegar and baking soda, okay, um, health-wise. I don't know what uh, – I used to do the, the apple cider vinegar. Uh, I do that with my teeth in baking soda. But as far as drinking, it's hard to drink that apple cider vinegar. Well, it's just lemon a, a little teaspoon, yeah, and lemon. A teaspoon. We do a little honey yeah, as well, if you make do, it hot. Yeah. <laughs> Lemon and honey makes it. With a frozen a strawberry, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Make it appealing, I guess, tasty. But the same here. We haven't been sick in years. It's good, over good. Five, six years, yeah. Yeah. Good. And it's. I appreciate you sharing the story with the crystals because he was laughing because that's, um, we, we, found all of the, the crystals yes. that we have we i don't listen to that voice yeah <laughs> we kind of just found it i've never heard of barite crystals and we've you yeah. know walking around finding here. a lot of it and it's helped us tremendously and rose quartz and tourmaline and well, certain places well, i think they also have barite in china as well yeah. it's uh it can be found yeah, yeah. Yeah, rose quartz great for uh, love energy. Yeah, rose quartz. Yeah, we've had the experience of going to a mine to look for rose. Quartz. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. really. Like all the crystals we have, we actually found it ourselves yeah. on the ground, and uh, we cleaned it and all of that stuff. It's pretty yeah. personal. Oh my goodness, too. very good. Yeah. But before we get ready to close out, we definitely would like to apologize again for the schedule mix up and thank you for the patience and energy for working with us still um, and bringing the teachings of the golden ones we really appreciate all the knowledge now before you close do you have any fears that you would like to get rid of immediately uh, I don't want to ask you for a ruby but that's taken care of you know later <laughs> I can't say um I can't really say that we can have any fears. The podcast has been going pretty good. Um, my mom and my dad just had their 70th birthday. Uh, my oh, brother is my birthday. I turned 39 uh, on the, the 19th of this month. My brother's coming to visit. My sister-in-law is here. Um, the, the success of the podcast is unknown, but it is promised. So I can't say that there's a fear that is involved mm -hmm. with it, but it is only, it's the newest thing that we have going on in, in our life. So it's something that we're growing with and turning it into, you know, a prosperous journey. Good. Is, Good. Is Be positive. Fun. Yes. I just don't want to have positive. fear yeah, about we don't, the we, success of the podcast. We I'm try not to say uh, that's mostly that. Yeah. We try yeah. not to have fears. Um, I know like, that's one of the things I try to overcome uh, most of the fears that I've had throughout my life. Um, we swim in the ocean as well. So that helps just peel off, you know, fear. <laughs> There's nothing. Salt scary. water will do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And wondering what else what? is out here with us while we're swimming. 
Oh, you'll be protected. Oh yeah, you'll be protected. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry, I interrupted. But um, no, I just couldn't think of a fear really, because that I know well, that's, that's okay. something that that is a blocker from ascension. So we try not to have too much. Um, yeah, we've we've been through a couple of things together, so you know it's always worked out. We've learned to even just listen, like, hey, step back two steps, look to the right, under here, I'm here, pick me up. Yeah. You know, so we've yeah. we've yeah. learned to listen. You know, yeah. so that's something that's just you know. Well, that's part of your your ascension, your 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 spiritual growth. Yeah. Listening and and paying attention. Yes. And we'll, yeah, just being fearless, trying to pursue life with you know with the fearless, consistent self improvement, and you know. I guess right. one of the fears Getting that I, fear. I do have that I can think of is um, just you mentioned throughout this whole conversation, like we're here in art school, we're here for a reason um, to learn and progress. And some people might not be aware of that and might not be, you know, going towards um, what they're supposed to be doing and, even, um, you know, you, you, you try to get them to understand, but they don't, and they're close to you. So that's one of the fears, I guess, that I have. Well, you know, you, know, you just you can't help everyone. So you do your best. You're available. If they don't want to listen, then, you know, that's their choice, free will. Yeah. So you just have to bless them, and, and, and you continue walking. You continue walking and and don't let their, that's just where they are. And you have to, you know, part of, part of the, the goddess in you is accepting people where they are and letting them be. Right? It's, it's difficult sometimes, but you just have to bless them and let them go. I get the same thing here. I have to just bless them and let them go. My family, I've got seven sisters and two brothers. Wow. They think I'm crazy, okay? So, I I can't convince them. Yeah, and we're not, not my job. We're not convinced that we are crazy. So, I know we have to be happy. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're different. I have. Um, I'm the youngest of four, three brothers and one sister. Uh, Thank you again. Thank you for your time and consideration again. And we would definitely like to have you on and have another conversation again in the future as well. If you're ever in LA, we would love to as far as <laughs> <laughs> have you in <laughs> to sit down in person. Uh, I would like to, I don't know if I'll ever go back to the United States or not. I really don't know. It depends. My, if my teacher said, sell everything, move to LA. I would go. I, I just wait for their directions what I'm supposed to do. I don't know why I'm here or anything like that. So, Is but that yes, I would love to be a guest on your show again if you need to be and we need to discuss things or so forth. Love to do that. Love to share the teachings of the Golden Ones. Thank you. And is there anything you'd like to leave our audience with um, before 
we close it out um, where they can find you or anything you'd like them to know? Yeah, um, my website is www.thepathtooneness.com. And uh, it's all the teachings of the Golden Ones. A lot of tools there to help with the, the consciousness of the soul, uh, meditation techniques, um, free books, free um, guidance and everything. And I do free consultations. So if someone goes to the website and they want to talk, they can put in for consultations. And uh, I have a meeting room where we can meet like this and uh, we can discuss their situation and so forth. Always willing to assist. Thank you. So, Thank you, thank you again to our listeners for listening. I'm sorry. You want to say? No, no. I want to thank you for the opportunity to share the teachings of the Golden Ones with you and your audience. Uh, it's we appreciate it. My you. pleasure. And that's one of the reasons for making the platform again. I always say I'm here to learn from our guests, and I've learned a lot today, you know, and I really appreciate it. So well, thank you again to our guests. I mean, listeners. Um, listeners. <laughs> thank you again to our guests. I mean, our listeners, which a lot of our guests are our listeners. So we thank everybody who has been on the show that is here in this episode as well. Yes. We thank you as well. Um, For the podcast, you can find us at AmericanGypsy.com. And we also have consistent self-improvement uh, merchandise at Luamli.com. And we also have some music that you can find under Classic Carpenter. That's K-L-A-C-C-I-K-C-A-R-P-E-N-T-A. And that's on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Tidal, YouTube, and all major platforms. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for your support, consistent self-improvement, and peace.